Oh, it's getting spooky in here. Yeah, do you know why? Is this Unsolved Mysteries all over again? No, this is Halloween, son. Because other shit on it. Oh, it's, that's right. It's a graveyard. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Chris. It's a graveyard. It's Chris D'Elia. If you don't know what we're saying, you kuda. <laughs> oh, I haven't. Man. I haven't listened to it in a while. My oh. God, man! I I got through the uh, the like this week's episode one sitting. I was laughing so hard. The guy in the unit beside us at work came. We have like a door that separates us, and he came in because he thought I was watching like some movie or something. He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, oh, "I'm listening to this guy, Chris D'Elia. and it was the uh, shitty Instagram post of the week. And like he's just, change it. Yeah, he's going down the list, and he's like, "Alpha six six seven, change it, Yakuda." And like, I I'm don't just, know what Yakuda means. Oh my, I God. haven't got there You're yet. You're Barracuda, then. You're Yakuda. Yakuda. Um, and so I fucking was trying to explain it to him. Like this, he's the funniest guy ever. But if you don't listen to him, thirty percent of what he's saying will not make sense. Yeah, that's the problem. Is like, <laughs> I. I picked up, like, from listening to him on 10-Minute Podcast, yeah. I picked up a lot of his mannerisms, but, like, when there's episodes of his podcast that I haven't worked my way up to yet, I don't know what the, the abbreviations mean. He's got this, like, something about barracudas are attracted to shiny things, so if you like simple, shiny shit, Yakuda. And so, like, <laughs> he's like, if you watch American Idol, Yakuda. <laughs> like, <Jeez. laughs> oh, Christ. Um... Yeah, we're the Devil's Bench. We are located in downtown Brantford, obviously. Uh-huh. And uh, we have a brand new wargaming board. That's a fucking get that piece of shit off of my board. Whose is that? <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's a lot of horns on it, though. <laughs> uh, a new wargaming board. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was talking about the gross uh, building in behind it. I hope some poor kid didn't make that because it... And he's listening now, and he's like, that's my board. Doesn't stack up, bro. Womp, womp. Uh, my name's Bill. You're not going to find me on social media. Um, who are you? Um, I'm tired, and uh, I ate too much sugar. So I'm just melting into the chair and not going to be funny. Uh, last but most definitely, or certainly not least. Aww. Me there's, again. There's our, uh, <laughs> our good friend here, apparently. Mr. Oh. Mr. D. <laughs> of course. Mr. D, the dick ripper himself. What's happening, bro? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's good, good to be back. There he is. Whoa. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong side. Oh, yeah. It's oh, like, that, that, that's... Yeah, that's I haven't even been on this podcast yeah, before. I was going to say, there's a rookie on here. <laughs> I was on the wrong side of the mic. You're on the wrong side of history of Goruck, bro. Oh, God. I didn't bring it up. I didn't bring it up. <laughs> Give me five bucks later. <laughs> You do have your uh, Tough Mutter headband, which is a uh, very fluorescent, if I might say, hot pink. Uh, Yakuda? We'd like to call it... <laughs> <laughs> it feels good. Yeah, it's a good it's one to so say. It's so fun to talk yeah. like that. Oh, Yakuda. We'd like to call it maybe fuchsia? I don't know. It's definitely tactical That red. is the William-Sonoma color red. name of that color. It is uh, William-Sonoma. Did I mean Sherwin-Williams? Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Maybe fuchsia. <laughs> That's where we are, folks. <laughs> I got a housewares and a paint company mixed up. I'm really uh, digging the lower tranches of humor here. <laughs> uh, tough mutter. Yes. Uh, how'd it go for you? And I'm going to pull something up so that I can uh, degrade what you say as soon as you're done saying it. <laughs> Uh-oh. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, man. I'll wait. <laughs> I went pretty good. Uh, we went to the Western New York event. It was at Kissing Bridge, Ski Hill, and uh, yeah, they had torrential rain the day before, so it was, uh, it was a soupy mess. And, uh, Gross. Yeah. So my buddy Alan and I did that. We signed up for it in October of last year and managed both days. By the way, Alan's a good dude, eh? Like, I haven't seen that guy in more than a year. And when I saw his picture pop up, I was like, oh, that guy's a good dude. <laughs> I just like that. You're a good dude, Adam, Adam fucking Lim. You're such, Alan? A, <laughs> such a good dude. I'm not even going to okay. remember your name, Steve. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. <laughs> you know what, Mike? Too busy You're hanging out. You're a solid guy, Jeff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, let me do a little control F action here because I know what the. Uh, here we go. Bill's rocking the. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, oh, I'm barely rocking the Ubuntu. Uh, is it a Ubuntu or a Ubuntu? Anyway, either one sucks. This is the last. Uh, this is the last paragraph 
from a little write-up I did on uh, Goruk Tough Class 2347. Here it goes. Yeah, I remember reading it. Yes, I would absolutely do it again, even as I sit, still sore and bruised a few days later. It's different and not built out for the casual fitness crowd. Receptionists finish Tough Mudder by the hundreds. There was 28 of us at Goruk. Not, no, no, not 29, Wyatt. What font was that written in that made you say it like that? Uh, it was written in <laughs> uh, pretentiitis. <laughs> and, uh, was it italicized? Yeah, in bad friend times Roman. <laughs> <laughs> I see. No, man, that's... Um, so how was the course? course was uh, taller than Moonstone, which you know that course. It was you the mean, Wednesday morning after Taco Tuesday. You mean like in elevation? Yes. Oh, okay. So the, there were two long hills... Fewer hills than, than Moonstone, but uh, longer, definitely muddier. Ugh, that was the hardest part of Tough Mudder, other than my own egregious uh, being o- obesity. It, that <laughs> and just walking up the hills, it's like, climb up this wooden bullshit. Yeah, okay, I can do that. Crawl under this metal bullshit. Yeah, I can do that. Walk three and a half kilometers up a hill in one direction. I fucking want to kill myself now, thanks. Yeah. I'd rather climb up the metal bullshit again. That was the hardest part, man. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, there were a lot of people who had a hard time with Ugh. it. A lot of, lot of twisted ankles, rolled ankles. I can imagine. Because of all the, the mud. But we met some, some really good people along the way. Uh, we met Vader, the, the fellow who's been doing it since 2010. And uh, leukemia survivor, now, was, now an amputee. One of, his, uh, one of his legs that had been giving him trouble, he, he finally... Uh, had it removed, and he was going. He was trucking up the hills. Okay, tone it down a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, stop making doughy motherfuckers like me like feel bad. I'm not trying <laughs> to make you feel bad. No, not you. That guy is like, I'm just gonna be good at everything I do. That guy is the Jocko Willink of looking at watches. Like the guy who does Tough Mudder with amputated limbs is the guy who makes me feel like shit for waking up at five o'clock in the morning because it's not four thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. He was the kind of guy that was like, I don't care if I'm hurting everywhere or if I've fallen six times already. I'm just going to shake your hand and say, you're inspiring everybody on this course. Yeah, that's cool. Jesus. Good dude. So uh, some more uh, good news here. Um, No names, obviously, because I don't think that's the kind of thing you want to really publicize. But um, do do you guys hear about the whole um, Bramford police beat the shit out of some guy or... Didn't beat the shit out of him, but like made him strip naked and then kept him in a cell with no blankets? No. No, I didn't hear about that. There was something, 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 something like that happened. And now the guy got out and is suing the Brantford police hmm. for untold millions. And it's this big thing. And the Brantford police are terrible. Well, today I had, what are they, constables? That's in Newfoundland. What are they here? Officers? I think it's. I guess so. I, just I thought constables are still. Constables on patrol is where cop comes from. That's in my brain from somewhere. Wow, you just like reached into the archive. Just you have a little text <laughs> file with two bytes of data in it that is cop comes from, and that's and you have to click through like eleven <laughs> folders, and they're all just every time you click the one folder, it's just another folder with nothing in it. It's on your USB key that works sometimes. <laughs> cop means um, a guy came over. I know him uh, pretty well, and uh, I bought my kid a set of those handcuffs and uh, handcuffs that are like uh, those handcuffs, the cast iron, oh, not cast are... iron, cast no die cast. And I gave these handcuffs to him to come and deliver to my kid. The whole purpose here is I'm trying to give my kid like an awesome rah rah introduction to police, uh, and I'll tell you why in a minute. So you had him rob a convenience store? No, just go in, <laughs> grab something, and run. Okay, go, son. He came over and did the whole, like, hey, this is a police car. This is my uniform. I'm a policeman. And gave him the handcuffs. Said these are special, important handcuffs. And, like, did the whole, like, community outreach thing. He's just like a, I don't say just, but he's like a, a downtown cop, right? Like, he's not the classroom guy that comes around. And um, no kids of his own. And he did amazing with it. Like, it was amazing to be a part of that experience. And... Um, I was initially talking to my wife about doing this because uh, actually both of you are present on uh, New Year's when we had the big catastrophe emergency at yep. my house. And uh, that was our first real brush with um, emergency services in like the dire emergency. And the tenacity, I guess, or just the, uh, 
the fucking balls on the part of emergency services. I don't care where you're from. Fire, police, EMS, uh, you know, first responders, military, or dispatch, whatever. Like, they just... Like, in that case, we had opened our front door to chaos and a worst-case scenario. And they just walked in and fucking saved everything. Mm -hmm. And, like, the idea that, sure... Some cops shoot black kids in the back when they're running away and then plant weapons on them. Yep, that happens. Some cops uh, strangle black guys who are selling cigarettes, choke them out until they die. That happens too. And then there's cops that like come to my house at 7.45 at night because they're not busy for 20 minutes to show my kid like, hey, I'm a police officer. Do you want to hit the lights? You can hit the lights and look and it's the big lights and like it's a big deal. So we're trying to just give them this like, police are awesome introduction because I think uh, you both probably know I grew up pretty left of center politically so I came from the rage against the machine fuck you I won't do what you tell me side of the spectrum and I have since uh, funnily enough and you know Jordan Peterson would argue that the vast majority of men our age are doing this but I'm definitely swaying hard onto the conservative side of things as I age and um it was just awesome to see, like, a cop in full, like, fully done up. Like, he's ready for war, essentially. And he comes over, and he's just, you know, got right down onto his level, shaking his hand, giving him handcuffs, letting him see everything. And I was just like, man, I, I sent him a text message after that said, uh, you made a real and genuine impression on my son. And, like, that's policing, Right, policing, because my son was, of course, like once he warmed up to the idea that, like, oh my God, there's an actual police officer here, and I'm gonna touch him. <laughs> he was asking, like, uh, and the officer said this unprompted, which I was just like in the background going, "Yes, dude, yes." My son was like, "So, when you go get bad guys, do you shoot them?" And like he's like, "Well, you know, we have guns on us, and we have like." other stuff that sometimes we have to use but um, half the time when I'm out I'm just helping good people like I'll help he was he went on to do this whole thing and I'm sure like when he talks to kids this is the the standard operating procedure or whatever right but he's like you know half of our job is just helping good people so for example like if you were uh, out walking around and you lost your mom and dad you can come up to any police officer and he's like embellishing like that any police officer and say officer I'm lost I, I lost my mom and dad mm -hmm. or you can come and say like I, I'm having a problem can you come help me with this problem and we'll help you with any problem you have and I was just like dude yeah that's good dude I wish like it, it makes you wish um, and my philosophy on privacy and such is uh, wouldn't allow me to do this kind of thing but I just I want to broadcast that Mm -hmm. You know, and like take a video and be like, look at what this cop just did. Like I didn't, I wasn't like, hey, can you totally tell him that like half the time you're just helping good people and that if he has any problems, he can go to police because we're trying to make a thing out of this. Like he just, he just did it, man. It's almost like people are people and people have jobs and those jobs are the sum of the people who do it. Dude. You know, like <laughs> I, uh, my wife had him on the other side of the car and he's farting around with the tires and whatever. And so I'm just kind of shooting the shit. I'm like, hey, so you, you know, you're, you're kind of free right now. He just had some supper, and he popped over. He called me and said, I can come right now and get this thing done. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, so do you have a busy night or whatever? He's like, that's not too bad. Um, we had to, there was one of the town drunks was in the river, and everybody thought he was a kid. But it turns out he was just a drunk. He was still drowning, so, I mean, we picked him up. And uh, right after that, we had two domestics. One of them got a, a little hairy, but, you know, here I am. Fuzz. Fuzz, it's the water running behind you. <laughs> Non-technical. But, you know, and I'm like, I just kind of nod along and I'm like, oh, some domestics that got hairy. And that's a quiet night. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, thank you. It's For, funny, too. Like, I just want to be like, okay, so uh, I'm going to start my three-part thanks by first saying thank you for responding to those calls so that we as a community didn't have to figure out what the fuck we're going to do about the drowning drunk. And we just have some, like, <laughs> dudes we can be like, hey, uh, can you go take care of that? And I'll totally job. fix your printer when it's broken. <laughs> like, and then you got people who, like, take to Facebook. And I asked for extra olives on my sub, and 
this is what they call extra hashtag some bullshit, you know, and it's, it's funny, man. Like, I just, I don't know, that's part of the thing that sucked me out of the whole social media is that when people are throwing shit at whatever the group they choose to throw shit at, and that covers any group, they are what they say they are. Yeah. And then when they're the group that someone's throwing shit at, it's like, well, we're very nuanced, and, you know, you can't lump us in with blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I mean, it's such base level, like, humanity or just social uh, skills, you know, where it's like, yeah, treat other people the way you want to be treated or give other people the same leeway that you expect from other people, you know? And it's like you always say, it's like you're the movie extra in somebody else's life and you know you all these extras that you see they're all starring in their own movie and you're just an extra in that i just i don't know i've lost i'm not a very patient person when it comes to a lot of dumb shit anymore and uh i don't know i don't have any patience for i think that goes with age that's, that's called having a baby oh, just, <laughs> no just time for dumb shit anymore terrible terrible hypocrisy and you know like and, uh, and then sarcastic hypocrisy or just like telling jokes or being silly or you know, sometimes you miss the point on stuff, and that that's fine. But it's like committed blindness to hypocrit- hypocritical bullshit. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. well, like that's the thing. When people get the blinders, they only see one end of the outliers. Like you're saying, okay, you know, sometimes there are bad cops out there who do terrible things. There's some biker gang murderers out there who do great stuff. You yeah. know, and it's just like, yeah, again, it's almost like. All these people are people, and people come in different shapes and sizes, you know? Yeah, if you want to look at the other end of the outliers, there's some phenomenal cops out there if you just look for, you know, positive cop videos. But people don't look that stuff up. There's some it's, not, it's not the stuff they put on blast sometimes. If it bleeds, it leads, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the one thing that's so funny. And, um, and then people criticize news outlets who, who post fluff pieces. Yeah. We need, sometimes we need fluff. Like, when... The, the news as it is, like the, not the news of the day or the important stuff, but like the news media and stuff like that, uh, how unnecessary it is. You know, when I go to my in-laws, because that's the only place I go where anyone has cable anymore, and we were watching some show, and then the show ends, and the news comes on, and everybody's like left the room, but the TV's still on in the background. And it's just like they're reporting on shit like car accidents. Dude, like, dude, here's my example. Why okay? is a car accident your story that you're opening with on the six o'clock news while people are sitting down and eating dinner? Why does it, the people who need to know probably already know? Otherwise, it's just gore porn. Like, why are you sitting there? Oh, seven people lost their life in a rollover, and here's a picture of the family at the beach having a great time. Like, yeah, wh- what do you what do you getting at here? Well, dude, like, I'm on Facebook rarely. Right, so I was on Facebook this morning because I had to post this thing for a company and blah, 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 blah. And this thing pops up on my news feed, and it's a live video from The Guardian, I want to say, right? And it's captioned, and it's, it's looking at an empty stage with, like, the UN flags and all this super uh, important shit. And the caption says, world prepares for war. And so I was like, uh, what the fuck did I miss? And so I go on Reddit, cat pictures. There's nothing there. Yeah. And turns out Trump beaked off about something. Yeah. Dot, 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 North Korea. Dot, dot, dot. North Korea comes back and beaks off about something. Saber rattling. That's all it is. Yeah. And they take that to, we're getting ready to launch some fucking nukes at each other. And Because they want the clicks. Yeah. And that's just, it's so fucking, I had to just opt out of the whole system. It gets to the point, yeah, where it's like. Some okay, so here's here's my the counterpoint, and this is what a lot of guys. Um, uh, DefCon just finished in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. okay, and DefCon is the uh, is the annual gathering of hackers, and it's like the hacking conference. Um, two notable things came out of uh, DefCon. So you know, um, WannaCry. Yes. Dot dot dot. It was a big. Why is dot 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 my thing today? But anyways, WannaCry was the big fucking scare that, oh, my God, this might be the one. It's targeting hospitals. It might be the one. And I remember the, the night that WannaCry was first spreading, there was a lot of IT guys saying, hey, we fucking told you so. Worry about North Korea all you want. What's going to take us down is some sort of crypto malware on our fucking power grid mm-hmm. because it's, irre- it's irreparable. Something's going to hammer us that probably the NSA developed. Anyways, so at DEF CON, one guy was responsible for fixing WannaCry. 
Yeah, he found the domain and he bought it, right? Yeah. Basically? He found that domain, bought it, and blacklisted it. And this guy, like, uh, in all senses of the word, saved lives by doing that because he saved hospitals from becoming infected. Yeah, mm-hmm. they couldn't propagate anymore because the site was, was yeah. offline. He goes to DEF CON because he's like this white hat hero, right? He's just an IT guy who saved the fucking day. Got scooped by the FBI. Nobody knows where he is. What the fuck, man? And that's when, like, you're talking about hypocrisy, and I see this thing from The Guardian that's like, world prepares for war, and they're showing, like, test footage of nuclear bombs going off. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, some actual shit is going down. It's the bait and and switch. And it's like, at the end of the day here, because I see this all the time, right? I see when I walk into an office that's got hit by crypto, how many times, like, once a month I say, I can't do X, Y, Z anymore because I got crypto to deal with. And, like, you know now how big of a a deal crypto is because I've told you about this happened to this guy and fucking you wouldn't believe it. When I walk into these offices, they just straight up don't believe me. They just, it's almost like I have to sit down with the owners and I have a conversation that sounds like this. Okay, so all your important shit, your documents, pictures, databases, it all gets put in this box and the box gets locked. Unless you pay for the key, I can't access that box. So all the stuff that's inside that box is gone forever. And they, they have you know, um, matured inside a world where the, 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 that's almost like an impossibility. Mm-hmm. And so you see this kind of like, okay, so... They're what incredulous. Do, what do we do from here? And it, that little micro piece of the puzzle here really freaks the shit out of me for when the air quote big one happens, whatever yeah. the big one turns out to be. A war... A natural disaster, a a malware outbreak, because these are very educated people, right? Like 11 years in university. And I'm like, I don't don't know what you don't understand here. Mm -hmm. You're starting over. All of your shit is destroyed forever. It's gone completely. And it, it makes me wonder, like, when that big one rolls around, you know, and we're so used to seeing on Facebook... The Guardian, the world prepares for war. Like, we're so used to seeing that, yeah. that it might just come and be like, yeah, people, it's here, motherfuckers. People and, have been crying wolf too long. And, and it, just kind of... It'll just like, be like... Eh. It's like you're building all this you get the, electrified fencing all around your house, but not spraying for termites. You get the... And the lights shut off, and all the cars die in the street. Well, I mean, somebody fucking call Toyota. <laughs> call the and police. Like, you know, <laughs> and it like... I don't know, man. Anyways, uh, yeah, cops are sweet. <laughs> That's my roundab- the roundabout way of saying cops are sweet. Ugh. We're all dicked if we don't have them. Yeah. But, I mean, seriously, think about, like, the interactions I've had with police uh, coming up as a teenager skateboarding around and whatever. I was a little bugger. But as an adult, the times I have relied on police, man, like... I guess it's not the times I've relied on police, the times I didn't even know I was relying on police. Yeah. Because they prevented things or, you know, helped in ways that weren't obvious, right? I sent him a message and said, thanks for keeping the, quote, bad guys away from my family. Because, I mean, measure exactly how insulated from crazy shit you are. Like some of the stuff, this guy, you just, you can see it in somebody's eyes. Like, not, not bummed or something like that, but you just see it. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? What's up? Dump it on me. I'm good. You know, and be like, I think I was telling you the, the quote of two weeks ago or something out of the blue was, hey, you know what the worst part about showing up at a suicide is? And I was like, nope. <laughs> I don't fucking have. No, I don't, man. Like, I, that's so far away from my regular fucking, like, in the yellow gray existence of like life, <laughs> like I'm just like no, bro. Yeah. My bad day at work is I have to eat lunch at 1:30. <laughs> like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, I just fucking thanks for showing up to that shit, so that street didn't have to figure out what to do with the dead body. That's one of those things. Is like, unless someone's motivated to figure it out themselves or to make that change themselves, it's like how do we get? To a point where people like, honestly, like just try to understand everybody better, you know, because it's one of those things where I, 
<laughs> again, I, I unplug from social media. I stop watching the news. And then, like, I start watching podcasts online. And then I don't know where YouTube gets their fucking recommended video recommendation from. But sometimes when you're just like, well, I haven't gotten angry in 45 minutes. Let's click this video, you know? And it's some asshole who's like, I don't understand how people don't just look at me and know all these nuances down to nth degree. And these people are this and these people are that. And then at the same time, it's just like, but... I mean, I, I get that I don't understand what's going on with everybody else. So, I mean, that's why I don't throw stones at other people. You know, it's kind of like that idea, that whole clean your room type thing. My room's not clean, so I'm not going around judging everybody else's room or, like, saying someone's got this in their room or something like that. And it, it's just that... I don't know whether it's more pervasive in that it's more commonplace or whether it's more visible. Just that absolute like zero seconds of patience for somebody not immediately and unequivocally understanding all the nuances of their life, but absolutely and Dude. abhorrently against listening to any of the nuances of somebody else's life. And it's just like, well, if you're not interested, then, I mean, don't expect anybody else to be interested in you. And it's like, well, no, everybody has to understand me immediately without me even opening my mouth and treat me accordingly. But I will put the parameters of what everybody else is on them. I just, it's so I've said it over and over and over. It's because we don't have something to rally behind. Right? 60 years ago, you didn't matter. Like, to give you an example, three of us fighting-aged males would have been thrown at Juno Beach. Mm -hmm. And just would have been like, hey, get in that boat. I would have been too heavy for the boat. With the rest of those fucking guys. When a door goes down, try your best to make it out of the boat. Have fun. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you didn't matter. You don't matter. And at home, you don't matter because the effort matters. Now, we do have those things that we could look at. Climate change, space exploration, curing fucking cancer, any of those things. Eh, we just fucking opt not to. I think because it's but not as, like... But when the sun explodes, none of that will matter. Correct. That butterfly garden that, that I planted? That's a long way off, bud. Dude, that butterfly garden I planted, fucking 80, 90,000 years from now, won't. Doesn't matter. No won't. more butterflies. That's my new word. Won't. Just won't. <laughs> Just won't. Just <laughs> period. But I mean, like, you could use that kind of argument to get nothing done ever. Dude, I've been. I told my boss that he's like, uh, "You haven't really been uh, living up to expectations. Your your productivity uh, metrics are down this quarter, bitch. Sun gong explode. No man, won't. <laughs> no, won't. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. Right? Not living up to expectations. Yeah, won't. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> but we all rally for something, right? It's, yeah. Whether it's family, whether it's, you know, we have to find some purpose, something that lights our fire and power to them if you, if you fi- have something that's worthwhile to do that for. Does it seem like it should be easier, given that we live in, like, the easiest times of all time, given that we have access like no one's had access before, given that we've got um, beyond access but just sim- simplicity of task more so than ever before, Shouldn't it be easier to find that fire? Like you and I talk about this all the time, where it's just one of those things where it's like, I remember saying to Robbie, I was having just like a, a pissy, whiny day about something. And, uh, you know. Whoa, See, shade. That, that's the problem. Shade that's here. the problem with me is that I'm so good at being a sarcastic asshole is that you can't <laughs> tell when I'm just like giving you a bit or whether I'm actually like mad about something. But I was saying to him, I'm like, you know what's really frustrating, man, is that I can't find, like, I can't find anything to be passionate about and then he writes me back he goes motherfucker you sent me a brick wall of text the other day about a cookbook you bought about different (laughs) kinds of fat and then i'm just like oh shit yeah like yeah you're right though but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel that way you know and it's like that's the thing is it is because we're so overstimulated that the right type of stimulation doesn't really affect you the same way or like is it I don't know. Am I just a fucking whiny bitch all the time? No, okay. <laughs> you know? I, have, I think I, we're just disconnected from our fundamentals, like who we are, like as a species. I have your answer. Okay. I know what the answer is. Okay. Will you hold my hand while you tell it to me? Uh, this is going to sound really cliche and like I'm putting you on. Jiu-jitsu. I'm not kidding. Um, what you just said is that you feel disconnected. Watch Fight Club, then come to jujitsu with me. Because Fight Club is all about the disconnectedness we have that nothing fucking matters. Then they start beating the shit out of each other and they're like, oh, this feels 
Good. Fight Club and then Jiu-Jitsu. That's much different from my usual routine of um, supersize me and then going to McDonald's. See, for me, <laughs> the thing that lights my fire sometimes is just doing mud runs. Like, I felt down for like six months because I had a lot on my plate. And, you know, uh, I know it may seem dumb. And, you know, again, there was probably six, 7,000 people who decided they were going to run up and down mud hills and go over metal crap and climb walls and help each other over rickety pieces of probably what was reject home hardware stuff. <laughs> but what it is is you do something unusual, you finish it up, and you get a piece of cloth or badge or belt. It's CUDA. No, it's not. Fuck you. You CUDA. You CUDA. <laughs> but, you know, like, whether, whether you climb to the top of the mountain all on your own, you pick up a rock there, you bring it home, and it makes you feel good, whatever the hell it is, if that lights your fire, do it. Yeah, that's the thing that's tough, is, like, finding the thing that legitimately, legitimately does it. But on your, on your note about um, just that whole idea, my wife and I, the other day, we, uh, we went to visit my parents. And when I was a kid, um, I've gotten back into, like, slugging my ass around the block, um, as fast as I can. Congratulations, so, by the way. You're doing great. Thank yeah. you. Um, so I said to, to my wife, you know what would be really good about, like, because I've been out, I moved out like 10 years ago, and um, there's a run I used to always do where I'd run down the side street that we lived beside, touch the stop sign at the end where, like, the next intersection is because it's out in the country, so it's about two, two and a quarter kilometers in one direction. So you run all the way down there, you go up a hill, down a hill, and up a hill touch the stop sign and then you come back beauty so we brought all our run stuff we get to my parents house hanging out with the baby my mom goes to work and it's like okay let's do this thing and in between the time of getting there and getting our stuff on and everything it started to thunderstorm like lightning thunder the whole torrential downpour everything so you had all the reason in the world to bail on it i said fuck it let's run in the thunderstorm and there was just something about running in that thunderstorm where it's like all, all we had to do for the rest of our life was finish this run. Like it was, it. it was awesome, man. Like that was, it's liberating. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Difficulty is liberating because it, it shows you, right? That it's, it's that whole idea of embrace the suck. Totally. Because it was like, we we were running and then we got like maybe 500 meters from the house and it's like lightning didn't it didn't strike anywhere near us. But you know when you see lightning and then when you see like light you know you, oh, yeah. you don't just see the light you see the lightning yeah it was close like the lightning was right overhead of us and we we're like no fuck it let's keep going and that was that was probably the most exhilarating thing i'd done in a while and not that every experience has to be that exhilarating not no. every experience has to be as exhilarating what was that where you have to run up the wall and the people are up there catching you and everyone's yeah Everest yeah. 2.0 not everything has to be that exhilarating but it's like I'd like to get 65% of we that were, exhilaration. We were watching that one because it's always a bottleneck. It's, it was the exit obstacle for the half mutter this yeah. year, like it often is. And we watched a whole bunch of people from various ages, various levels of fitness, some of them in groups, some of them on their own, running up, some of them, you know, smacking themselves off it because it was slick as hell. Oh, yeah. You know, everything was wet, and a lot of people were falling, and a lot of people weren't quitting. And when they... Just the cheers in that group, you know, you're talking about 200 people who most of them don't know one another, and you're seeing these people getting to the top, they finally get someone's hand, and then they manage to reach up, get the other hand, and someone, they eventually find the strength to kick up their leg, and they're hauled up, and everybody cheers like, like it's, like, because you, you did something, war. you did something, this is what I was just saying to, I, yeah, what I was saying to you when we uh, got back from chapters, oh, did I tell you about the thing of chapters? I don't know. About the girl with the book? No. No? Quick, quick aside. I bought the uh, Jocko's book for my kid. The, oh, uh, yes. The Way of the Warrior Kid. You Did didn't describe you her as a girl before. Uh, I, I bought The Way of the Warrior Kid. Okay. Okay, so I went up to the lady and I said, hey, I'm looking for a book. It's by a guy named Jocko Willink. It's called Way of the Warrior Kid. She goes, clack, 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 types it down. She says, oh, is it, is it uh, subtitled From Wimp to Warrior, The Navy Seal Way? And she's like kind of looking down like, kind of through her skull you know what i'm saying and i was like yeah and she goes so what is this like training kids and i was like yeah so where's that book like how about you do your fucking job <laughs> like i but like i was immediately hair on my back went up right i was like kind of and she's like oh 
and she like kind of saunters over like she's going to come show me where this book is. And so now I have to feel like I have to like legitimize. So I'm like, well, it's like, you know, discipline and physical training. Like it's just trying to make good little kids. Absolutely. And I mean, the thing is, you're saying that these things bring joy to your life, right? She's like, physical training for kids? I'm like, yeah, like pull-ups. Where's the book? Pull-ups and shooting and fighting. (laughs) Fucking, come on. Anyways. um, How to field dress a badger. Before we went out to uh, chapters, uh, my wife just like rocked my my, uh, uh, perception, if you want to say that. And I was trying to articulate it to you, but I think it's a good follow-up here. So what you're saying is you don't necessarily need intensity as much as you need um, the experience itself to be the genuine article. I just feel like everything is virtual now. News is all virtual and you don't see any of it. But you're how many times and we'll give it a week, like let's say a week's time frame. How many times are your emotions or your physical responses, and usually to an emotion, um, switched on or off by a virtual uh, parameter dude, versus a physical one. You know? I, I'm the most excited for Robbie to be coming down oh, yeah. just, just to talk to him. And I, I said to him uh, this morning over a Facebook message, I was like, dude, I'm really excited to see you. And I think what's important about that is, have you, have you guys ever heard of... Uh, Every man, it's E V R Y M A N dot C O. So it's a uh, expeditionary group, I guess. So it's like a group for men, and you okay. can uh, sign up and go, and they go do crazy shit. Like they'll go climb this goddamn mountain and then go camp up at the top of it or whatever. And this guy, I, I first got introduced to this guy on the Joe Rogan podcast. He's got the Every Man podcast now, and his whole thing is about creating a platform for men to be able to articulate themselves or to feel honestly. And when I first heard him talk about that, I was like, mm, Yakuda, because I just, I didn't, ah, I'm not fucking listening to this. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, how often do I actually get to talk to a dude and actually like, hey man, how's your kid? Like, are you doing okay? How's the wife? And like to actually sit down and you know, like hash things out, but in a, in an honest and, um, not necessarily an emotional way, but in a, in a way that's, you just want to cry together. You're safe to be honest. Right. And that's why I was saying to you, um, I had you guys over for a little quick bonfire. It was like 38 minutes. Then Mike and your kid had to go to bed. We were like, let's get this thing built as high as we can fucking get it. Pour water on it. Go home. We're pouring triples. (laughs) And we were like, okay, so we're going to do this bonfire thing. But if we're not, getting drunk in my garage because I want to talk to that guy because I just want to be like, hey, how are you doing, man? Are you yeah. doing okay? Like, uh, we don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get to talk to him on Discord or through Facebook Messenger or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you, it's, it's that thing I think that's missing from conversation is the same thing that's missing from ordinary experience. And this is what I was getting to with my wife is that it's like, oh, I don't necessarily have to go do like go ruck to get that, like, I was on this, like, fever pitch after Goruck about, like, I'm on fire with, like, humanity. I got to go test myself. Yeah, and I got to say, it's amazing what you did there. You don't have to go do that, though. You don't have to go that, that Everest. You don't got to run up the right. Everest ramp as long as what you're getting at. It's like baking bread, dude. Yeah. I was saying it to, to my wife, to this thing, like, you know that cold snap we had? I made like I made soup. I made all this stuff, and I was like, "Oh, I just I want to make bread. I don't even really want to eat it. I just, just want to make it. I want to make it with my hands and not pull a tortilla shell out of a plastic bag. I want to make it and feel it." That's been that's been my thing for a while. Is that like I'm not uh, well, and it's interesting because like you're the you're you got your tough mutter trophy. And then you had like that experience after Go Ruck and everything like that. And I look at both of those things like like scaling the mountain. You know what I mean? And it's like I I've never not that I've never wanted, but I'm starting to realize that I don't 
I've always been trying to scale the mountain, and for whatever reason, I can't get to the top of the mountain, whatever the reason is. Sure. And then I realize it's like, I don't want to get to the top of the mountain. I want to dig my toes into the dirt. You know what I mean? Like, I want to... I want to look at the bugs in the soil. I want to get dirt under my fingernails and stuff. You want to feel connected again. Well, yeah, and that's when I started getting nitty-gritty about stuff, like into the small minutiae of stuff where it's like, yeah, I'm going to learn how to make fucking pasta from scratch, you yeah. know? And it's like, so I stopped, I stopped trying to... Um, not that I was trying to fail, but I stopped trying to set loftier expectations than I was able or willing to even accomplish. Like, I did the Tough Mudder. I was great, but I'd never trained for one. You know what I mean? It's like, I literally went to the Tough Mudder, couch to Tough Mudder, because yeah. I didn't want to train for it. It was stupid. I should have trained for it, but I didn't want to do that. But I wanted the feather in my cap because that was going to make me feel good. But it didn't, it didn't make me feel good. But what did was planting the... Like, I was telling you about the butterfly garden that I planted. Yeah. I didn't want to cut so much grass anymore, so I rented a sod cutter i cut up 400 square feet of my front lawn threw it in 45 different yard bags and i planted a straight up just pollinator garden from top to bottom everything that's going to make birds that suck shit come into my yard and i was saying to bill the crazy thing is is that i've got these wasps called great golden diggers yeah never seen them before in my life i'm inundated with the fuckers and i went like full-on rain man wikipedia learning <laughs> everything i could learn about these things and then it was like okay and then i i read in that wikipedia thing that they it's cool they they catch grasshoppers they sting them and the grasshoppers don't die they just kind of like han solo there and they're frozen and then they drag them down into their little tunnels because they don't have hives like wasps and shit do. They just have these little tunnels. They drag those poor little bastards down in their tunnel and then they lay an egg on them and then the grasshopper just sits there and watches the thing that's eventually going to eat it hatch. And then it eats the grasshopper and then just fucks off and then goes and digger wasps itself somewhere else. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there reading all that stuff and I'm like, God damn, like that's, that's my shit. Whatever that, you know, like in parentheses what do you, what do you call that? is, that's my shit, yeah. you know? And it was cool because none of those creatures, maybe they were around, but they certainly weren't in my yard. I'd never seen them before. And I've got creatures in my yard on a regular basis because I go out there. Probably my neighbors think I'm like looking in their windows or something. But I'm just sitting in, on the ground in the middle of all these plants with bugs flying around, just looking at this stuff because I made that. You know, like nature makes that stuff all the time, but now we have postage stamp sized lawns and stuff. Yeah. So it's like I made that, and these creatures have come. And, you know, yes, in the grand scheme, like I was saying earlier, when the sun explodes, won't, right? But it's like, that was that thing that you described Goruck did for you. That's clearly what you get out of doing goddamn two Tough mutters in a weekend and then doing it again, <laughs> like, a couple of weeks later. Like, I don't know if that's crazy or stupid. That's a good mix is what it is. It's a cocktail of crazy and stupid. You know, <laughs> but that's the thing, though, right? Like, how did you feel when you were sore, 12, like... 24 hours later when you Pissy. were writing that. Pissy. Yeah, but the thing is, you can't tell me that when you didn't hold that, when you held that badge in your hand, you thought back to all the, the stuff that wasn't fun about it, for the fact that you'd done it. Oh, yeah. That there wasn't a, a, a feeling inside that made you feel like, I'm alive, and it's a good thing. You know where you don't get that? A Wednesday at work. You know? Correct. Actually, this uh, to, to bring it all back, this is what I was talking to about uh, my police officer friend. And he was like, yeah, before we came here, we pulled this drunk out of the river, and I attended two domestics. And I was like, on a Wednesday? Like, on a Wednesday, though. Like, don't get me wrong. My wife wants me to do the fucking dishes before I go to the bench, and I'm not going to. <laughs> but, like, we're for sure not going to fist fight about it. Like, what's going on on a Wednesday that you got to call the cops for a domestic? You know, but... I, I get what you're saying, and that's the uh, the thing that I guess uh, triggered in a good way, I suppose, when my wife was um, maybe declaring that, oh, what you're looking for here is meaningful, real, genuine experiences. So, like, it's it's not to manufacture something for the sake of doing the thing. You know, it's like 
you can go out on a hike, I guess, because you might want to go out on a hike. And then there's like, let's pack our shit and go for a hike. Leave the phones in the car and just go listen to the birds. Yeah. You know, and just like that kind of like. I've had this crazy idea for a while just to go ahead, grab the rucksack and just head off to Paris. Just take the trails. Yeah. Go for it. Why not? How are you going to get across the ocean, bro? Not that one. It's far. <laughs> you know what my, uh, my thing right now kind of is? I think I want to do a solo camp. I was talking to that Rick Weaver that uh, he went and did a couple of them. And uh, I think I want to go do that. I don't know, though. because I want to get fucking hummingbirds in my goddamn garden. I don't like it when my cat jumps off the couch in the middle of the night and does a kakoom. And like you hear this like, <laughs> and it's like just an earthworm or something. <laughs> Speaking of That's just fucking, what they do at night, but I've never been outside, so I don't know. Speaking of cats and relating to hummingbirds, because this is probably going to prevent me from having hummingbirds. I beaked off about this about 150 goddamn episodes ago, but I I go out into. I may that, have been there. I yeah, you probably were. <laughs> I go out into the garden to deadhead all the flowers, so in that way, whatever reason, there's more flowers. Mm. Cut the flowers off; it's gonna make more so. science, more flowers. <laughs> so I I'm out there cutting stuff off, and it looks like because I mean it had been four or five days since I've been out there. We had a little bit of like rain, so stuff's gonna grow and get bogged down by the rain. But it looked like someone had just been running around in there. You know what I mean? And there was like. Uh, Plants that have, like, thin stems, but they hold their own weight, but, like, a, a strong wind would blow them over, snapped off. Like, the plant is snapped in half, dead, right? Yeah. And then there's branches busted off some other things, and then, like, a whole bunch of, like, things bent over, and I got all these plants, they're all bent. Now, the bent ones are probably going to go back up, but anything where, like, you know... Or it's snapped, it's done. Man tracker over here, eh? Yeah. A fucking cat. Yeah. And it's just... I... I fucking lost it. Because again, I, and I know I've said this before, but it's like I, I, someone can go and get a cat and just just get a cat. I'm going to go get a cat and I'm going to let it walk around outside and do whatever the fuck it wants. And it can piss on your doorstep and stink up your doormat with unwashable piss smell that you just can't get rid of. And then it can go over to your house and it can shit in your garden where the food that you feed your family is. And, you know, who gives a fuck about toxoplasmosis and everything like that. And then they can lay on top of your herbs and everything like that and mangle the fuck out of them. And then they can catch a squirrel and just eat his dick off and leave his dickless body lying in the middle of your yard where your dogs can, you know, go and eat a dickless squirrel. Now you got to worry about it. Yeah. And then just traipse around and kill birds and everything like that. You know, like I'm trying to get hummingbirds in my yard. You can kill the hummingbird. Fuck you. I'm a cat. And you can't do anything about that. One of my dumb dogs gets off their leash. How quick they call the SPCA. Yeah. You know, my dog has a diarrhea dump in the middle of your driveway and I can't pick it up with one of those shitty little green bags from the dollar store. You can call the cops on me and I can get fined for it. Dude. Cat can shit all over my fucking grapes all day. I can't do anything about it. What the fuck, man? At, uh, at dinner today, it just so happened that he was talking about police officers. It's fucking all he talks about right now is police officers and the Avengers. And uh, he was saying about how he was asking. So because he has a hard time understanding that if he sees a police officer pull somebody over for speeding, mm-hmm. that person isn't, isn't a bad guy. These, we're just trying to say, okay, so the police are just reminding them that it's not safe, it's dangerous to drive that fast. But they're not a bad guy. Because I want to create some sort of line about, yeah. like, bad guys are, like, bad guys. Bad guys, yeah. You know? The whole idea that people make mistakes. There's, he's not just late for work. And so he was saying, so how fast can you go? <laughs> Uh-oh. And I was like, well, I mean, inside the city, it's usually about 50 kilometers an hour. He doesn't know what the fuck that means. And on the highway, it's usually about 100. And he was like, huh. And I was like, yeah. Just wait until you find out that you can do the craziest shit imaginable if you don't get caught. But if you want to grow this teensy tiny little plant, they'll put you in a cage. Yeah. Like, they'll, <laughs> like there's, there's laws out there that make so little sense. And if I have a dog that comes and fucks up your teeny tiny plant, then you can get me in trouble. But if I have a cat that does it, plants fuck, bro. <laughs> Can't Jesse. do anything about that. Jesse. Yes, sir. 
We have nine minutes, mm-hmm. and I want to know all about your upcoming trip. Oh, are you at, are yeah. you at liberty to say? Yeah, yeah, okay. I absolutely am. The the one group, well, the two groups that are about to come home, everybody knows who they are. The people who are about to go, everybody knows who they are. Fucking it's not. famous. Yeah. So it's it's just what it is. So yeah, September second, I'm going to Amsterdam for a week. Getting fucking lit. <laughs> and then from there, going to be uh, going directly to um, to northern Italy to be trained at the uh, at the plant there. Because they're building a cocoa plant here in Brantford, third in the world, first one outside of Europe. And we're going to be feeding like 15 other factories with cocoa, as well as the one here in town. Are you in love with the cocoa? Uh, (laughs) The the pause. That was key. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and just to let you know, I'll be back the week of Thanksgiving and then going off to Germany for six weeks for the plant there, too. Wow. So I'll Jeez. be back in early December. Right. Such is uh, tradition, I, you know, um, or, or I guess if you do it twice, it's a thing, right? Or what is it? If you do it once, it's an event. If you do it twice, it's a thing. If you do it three times, it's a tradition. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Uh, you would be the third to get an international photo with a Devil's Bench shirt on. So you just hope so. get a photo. I'll post it up because I think that's, that's pretty cool that like tiny little fucking Brantford <laughs> can reach all the way out there. Well, I'm hoping to get quite a few pictures with the Devil's Bench shirt while I'm out and about. That's cool. So you're going to where first? Amsterdam. Amsterdam first. And you're finishing off with Germany. Whereabouts in Germany? Um, the plant is in Stad Tallendorf, which is in the middle of Germany. Like that's that's so a German. made up place. That's, that's so German. That's not a place. <laughs> Look it on up. It, that's where it is. What are three well, really German sounding names? Oh, it's in uh, Nockwurstofferson. <laughs> no, it's not that. Machtelhofen. We're, we're actually going to be staying in Marburg, though, which is the... Uh, That's two made-up German sounds. No, it's not. <laughs> sounds. They're not even words. Marburg. <laughs> Marburg, Nachwurst, Pfaffensen. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's man. like the bad guy from Die Hard 2. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of fun, though. But uh, interestingly enough, the person that... Um, one of the people who's coming back was just talking to me today and saying that if you're fans of uh, the Brothers Grimm, they, they attended university in Marburg. It's a big old. They write some fucked up shit. They do. <laughs> you, know they what, did. you know what I'm realizing now as an adult more than anything? Why the fuck do we read nursery rhymes to kids? Oh, man. <laughs> For real, though. They either are mind fucks or they're four sentences shoved together that make no sense. No, man. You know what? On that note, I'd love to know what Jordan Peterson has to say about that because I'll bet you he has some sort of like long-winded way of explaining that it's just an archetypal story that goes way back to our monkey lineage. I'll bet you it's some sort of crazy lesson that was learned and passed on and passed on and passed on. I'm going to, on the next Benchcast, I'm going to bring in... I'm not going to do this. I'm going to say I'm going to do this and I'm going to just not bother to do it. Roger. But well, there's things like Ring Around the Rosie, which is just like a short and terrible way of describing what happened in the Black Plague. Yeah, terrible. And that's in the camp of just crazy fuckery. And then there's other ones where it's like, little Tommy Doster put bread in the toaster, and then he ate it with jam. And that's the fucking nursery rhyme. It's like, it gets a page, an entire page in this book, and it's like, you know how people are like, if you can go back to any time in the world and do anything, what would you do? And people are like, i go back and see the dinosaurs. Or other people be like, I want to go into the future and see what it's like when the robots take over. I want to go back to 1935 and write fucking nursery rhymes, and I'm going to be rich as fuck. I'll just write eight words on a page and give me $42,1930. Oh Jesus, Murphy. That's probably, that, those two words, probably a nursery rhyme. It's like a picture of a mouse riding a bicycle, and it just says, Jesus, Murphy. Next page. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. You do the illustrations, too. Well, because we got this book, oh, and it's man. from, like, the 50s, right? It was when my wife's uncle was a little boy. He had this book, and it's his book from, like, the 50s. It says little Bobby in it, like, from when he was a little kid. And you're reading these things, and you're just like... I, I, I texted you a couple of them. Yeah. I said, I just read two nursery rhymes in a row were basically, in summation, someone broke their head. <laughs> yeah. And it's like they implied death, but they just, it's like, so-and-so was a rabbit. And then he didn't look both ways walking into traffic, and then he broke his head. Well, and there's just a dead rabbit in the middle of the picture. It's like, look what at, the fuck? Look at Humpty Dumpty. How does that work out? Dude, you know where uh, Jumbo Video used to be? Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know that big wall? Mm-hmm. Big retaining wall there? 
every time we drive past that, my kid's like, look, it's a Humpty Dumpty wall. That's I'm like, funny. yeah. And he's like, and he says like, so matter of factly, if you sit on that wall, you'll fall off and break your head. And I'm like, you don't even know what you're saying. And it's so it's probably true though. So dark. Yeah. To hear him saying, you'll kings, all the king's horses and all the king's men won't be able to put you back together again. Apparently, that's right. Sucks horses to be don't have fingers, so may make terrible surgeons. <laughs> oh God, that's true. Uh, that's an unarguable point. Correct. Um, Jesse, what are you most looking forward to in Europe? Besides I just like going to Europe and picking out presents for us. There is that. That is definitely a high point. But um, I'm looking forward to. Hopefully one or two days in Amsterdam. Well, in Holland specifically. I want to go see my father's birthplace out in Noonan. And I'm hoping to get to another spot that Bill knows about in the uh, in the Correct. Bergenop Zoom. That's right. The uh, burial place of my great-grandfather who valiantly gave his life crossing the Rhine, invading Germany on the last step, motherfucker. Almost there, brother. Um, have you ever heard of... Uh, I really shouldn't tell you about this, but I'm going to because I want you to investigate it. Okay. Because uh, I would hate for this to happen to you. Have you ever heard of Paris syndrome? Paris syndrome is where people are like, oh my God, I'm going to go to Paris, France, and I'm going to go see this, and it's going to be amazing in the culture, and da, 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 da. and then they get there, and it's garbage and immigrants. I hate to say it like that, but that's, that's what this syndrome relates like, to. Yeah, you have a romanticized idea of it, and then you get there, and it isn't that at all. Yeah. And False expectations. It's, it's like you can take this picture of the Eiffel Tower, but if you come out just a little bit more... Like the pyramids in Cairo. You see the Oh, gar- really? Yeah, have you ever seen that? Look no. at it right now. Google no, it right. I don't want to. Google There's, it right now. You're majestic. not going to Egypt, they're, motherfucker. Fuck you, I might go to Egypt. You're not going to Egypt. They're it's, majestic. The, the, even, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it's like, that's, that's where it all comes from. It's that, it, it ties back to that idea is where you get all these experiences electronically, right? Because, I mean, how the fuck else are you going to see the pyramids unless, like, the Earth got real flat, because the Earth is flat, apparently, and you had a real good telescope, and you just look at the pyramids from here. But it's like, you see all these pictures of the pyramids, and then your head... Those are the pyramids. And then when you see what they actually look like, you're like, oh, fuck me, man. Like, no, that's not what it looks like. Are you finding it? Oh. Yeah, like the whole city. It's like basically like the, <laughs> the pyramids in Cairo are like the armories in Bradford. Like literally in the middle of a major city. Yeah. Yeah. That's the weakest shit I've ever Isn't seen that crazy? in my whole life. Isn't that crazy? That's so weak. That's so weak doesn't matter that's so weak when the sun explodes man because you thought well, like there's a picture down here and it's like desert aladdin that's right oh it's it's a it's a burial place of a king we must leave it alone no we're apparently putting a 7-eleven up near it that's yeah it's great. like you're sitting on the patio at a denny's like eating some pancake sandwich looking at the fucking pyramids talking over whether or not you think you can bolt to the top of it before the guards tells you no don't do that you're not allowed jeez back citizen it's cursed mm-hmm. Um, I also have uh, one last thing to drop on you. You'll be very proud of my four-year-old son. Uh, This is probably like six weeks ago or so. He went through a very uh, hard and fast Power Rangers. Oh, okay. Oh, it's already over? Oh, yeah. Yeah, long gone. But it was just like in and out. So did you like watch the new movie? Because like I don't know if that's appropriate for the little guys. Amy was flicking through Netflix and just put that one on. Just because there's like a million different Power Rangers shows. Oh, yeah. So she just found one put it on and poured his cereal this is in the morning and so like I'm getting ready for work and I come out into the like he's got this little area where he sits and eats his breakfast and it's like Japanese and they're like it's like but it's full on Japanese you know what I'm saying like it's not that like they're just speaking Japanese it's that <laughs> Japanese like then the big noise so the, and the flashing so there's no like like it's su- subtitled or whatever like and not it, even no it's oh just, it's not even subtitled just straight Holy Japanese crap. Power Rangers and so like I look at, and he's just like, uh, <laughs> like, zombified looking at it. And so I was like, hey, what are you watching? And he's like, Power, or Power Rangers. I'm like, what's, uh, what's going on? They're, well, the Power Rangers are fighting the bad guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's, uh, what's the bad guy's name? I, was like, I don't know. Do you know who the bad guy is on the screen right now? No. I'm like, do you know, like, anything about what's going on? Anyways, he's watching it. He basically picked up 
Like, what was happening? But, like, zero dialogue. I mean, obviously, it's just Power Rangers, rah, 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 fight the bad guy, get in the big fucking thing, and then that's the end of the episode. I was just like, it's the funniest thing ever that, like, this little four-year-old kid, meanwhile, like, he'd freak his fucking mind out if I put the wrong thing on YouTube. It's, like, phrased wrong or something like that. The, the song, all of those public access songs, anybody can sing them and make money off ads on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So he, like, freaks the fuck out if it, the one has a wrong tune. Here he is watching Japanese Power Rangers. And all of a sudden he just turns you dead. And he just, like, <laughs> yeah. starts talking fluent Japanese to you. This would be a time if he wants to pick up an extra language. He'd pick, he'd pick it up quick. Teach him pig Latin. Yeah, I mean, uh, could, uh, <coughs> could do that. You know, it's not like, you know, there's a French teacher or anything in your household or anything like that. It's good. It's dangerous to have one of them in your house. Sure. <laughs> you're, you're going to like go to get cereal out of your fridge and it's like, uh, where are all the cornflakes? Because they've all been replaced with flocon de may. <laughs> it's like, we're cultured now. It wasn't too bad. Your flacon was pretty good. I fluck on like a motherfucking bandit, son. I get my fluck on. <laughs> Watch your fluck off. <laughs> 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 Bill. <laughs> <laughs>